Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Pull from the hottest topics coming across our news desk. I'm Victoria Jones, and this is Housing Wire Daily. In this episode, Housing Wire Digital Media Manager Alcina Lloyd and Housing Wire Editor-in-Chief Sarah Wheeler discuss the biggest stories that came out of the Housing Wire newsroom last week. In this episode, Lloyd and Wheeler review Housing Wire Managing Editor James Kleiman's recent HW Plus article, which dives into United Wholesale Mortgage's latest Q1 earnings and examines what the mortgage lender's plans are for growth. The pair also talk about the FHFA's final living wills rule and discuss what could happen if mortgage rates don't rise this year. But before we listen, here's a brief word from our sponsor. As a top 10 subservicer with a 98% customer satisfaction rate, TMS does business a different way and it does it well. They deliver next level service with next level technology innovations like Simi, their servicing portal that can help make a lender's job a breeze. So when you're ready to have the service put back into your subservicing, go to subservicing.themoneysource.com. Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to Housing Wire's Monday Morning Cup of Coffee, which is a segment of Housing Wire Daily. My name is Alcina Lloyd, and I'm Housing Wire's Digital Media Manager. Today, I'm joined with Housing Wire's Editor-in-Chief, Sarah Wheeler. Thanks for joining us, Sarah. Of course. I was excited to be on Monday Morning Cup of Coffee. I'm so glad to have you when you are on, so thank you. Um, listeners, today we are not on Facebook Live, but nevertheless, today we'll be discussing some of the hottest topics that came out of the newsroom last week, as well as the stories we're likely to cover this week. Sarah, between mortgage rates sliding, the FHFA's final livings rule, and foreclosures declining, last week was a busy week for our newsroom. What were some of the most interesting topics that caught your eye? You know, I think as uh, we have seen some of the biggest mortgage lenders report their earnings, we've seen a lot of interesting stories out of that. You know, some of those lenders are public for the first time this year, or it's maybe the the second time as a public company that they've reported. So we've, you know, you you get a, a window into what's going on with them at a different level. And also they have earnings calls, which are really interesting. So we did a story last week. Um, UWM has a plan to win a war of mortgage attrition. And that was, I think, very interesting and really um, illuminating to what their strategy is right now. You know, we have a lot of people talking about, hey, we're going to we're going to go for lower, you know, there's going to be lower volume, or maybe their strategy to grow this year is going to be acquisitions. But they've made it really clear that that their strategy is just to really squeeze the the pricing, and they've got the the money to back them up, and so does Rocket. And so, you know, a lot of a lot of smaller lenders, mid-sized lenders, maybe aren't going to be able to keep up with that, and and they think they're going to grow market share uh, just from offering consumers better pricing. So, or offering brokers who are going to offer consumers be- better pricing. So, I thought that that was really interesting. And that story really talks about that strategy, um, which clearly is going to have an effect on on the whole industry. It is going to have an effect on the whole industry. And uh, UWM's plans for growth is not surprising to the industry at large. But have you received any feedback or anything from the industry relating to uh, the story or to UWM in general? Um, not, not too much. I think that, like I said, I think if you're a broker or if you're a loan officer, you're already seeing like neither Rocket nor UWM is 
in the past going to be the price leader. That's not what, that's not how they um, do, do things generally, not that they're never the price leader, but that's not what they're leading with. But right now, since, since March, the story says, you know, you can really see that that's been happening. So I don't think it's surprise. I think it's just a, you know, it's, it's just blatant and right out there and they have really big plans to grow forecasting between 51 and 55 billion in the second quarter, uh, because UWM is like, Hey, you know, we win in a purchase environment and, and that's what we're heading into. So, uh, so that's where we are. Although, you know, as you mentioned, rates are still historically low and and staying below three percent. So um, there still are probably people who who can be refinancing. So that hasn't switched quite the way, quite as fast as we thought it would. So um, that's a whole other interesting story. Mm-hmm. So earlier I mentioned um, the FHFA's final livings rule, and I kind of want to touch on that a bit more. Do you mind diving into that story so our listeners can get a feel for what that story is about? Sure. So today we published an uh, an op-ed piece from David Stevens. Of course, he's the former CEO of the MBA, the Mortgage Bankers Association, also a former FHA commissioner. Um, he's had a long and storied career in the mortgage space, so people are very familiar with him. And his uh, his story today, the headline is FHFA's Final Living Wills Rule Ignores Industry Concerns. And, you know, they came out, uh, FHFA issued the final rule on on what's been called the living wills um, for the GSEs, for Fannie and Freddie, and what it would look like for them to exit conservatorship, what they need to be doing. And his, Dave Stevens' take is that just like they did with some of the other recent final rules, industry gave comments on this rule um, when it was proposed and, and talked about what was important to them. And um, FHFA director Mark Calabria felt free to ignore that uh, when he issued the final rule. And so this is um, Stevens's piece really outlining what he thinks is really important from that final rule and why he thinks the industry should be upset and be, you know, making a lot of noise that this is unacceptable. Uh, but but really, there's been a lot of silence. So he, he's using this op-ed piece to really call people to action in the industry and also to warn that um, he thinks that you know, Director Calabria could be feeling the heat. He the, the way that the FHFA director is structured, it's possible that the Biden administration could dismiss him, could replace him. Uh, there there are some some legal questions there, but if that happens, you know, from from Stevens's point of view, at least what he says in this op-ed is that uh, he thinks that Mark Calabria feels like he's on a on a short timeline, and so it's possible he might do something very quickly on some of these uh, issues. And, and maybe that's why the final rule was issued so quickly. So I think it has a lot of really uh, interesting points. He makes three main points that he wants people to, to pay attention to in that in that uh, rule. And I think it's a, a great story to really start the conversation. Mm-hmm. I agree. I had a chance to read the report this morning and this line really stood out to me. In the op-ed, Stephen says, the industry should trust a person by what they say. And what Director Calabria said for many years is that these companies are too big. They cried out private capital and they pose way too much tax, uh, taxpayer risk and need to be dealt with. Um, as Calabria faces possible dismissal, I'm sure these are things that Stevens and some other people in the industry are definitely paying attention to. Yeah, it's it's a pretty fascinating story and does a deep dive. So, you know, take a look. I, I, everyone should take a look at this one. I, I agree. Um, all right, let's discuss this week's coverage. This morning, we just got out of our meeting where we discussed what topics we're likely to cover this week. Um, we talked about appraisals, mortgage servicing, and more. But what topics are you looking forward to being covered this week specifically? Yeah, appraisals just continue to be something that um, everyone in the housing economy has to deal with because, you know, you have borrowers trying to get 
very limited inventory of homes, which, you know, sparks bidding wars, which means prices are going crazy. Well, but, you know, it may not be what the house appraises for. So then you have an appraisal gap and then lenders are trying to help their borrowers, real estate agents trying to help their borrowers make that up. So appraisals are, are a very hot topic. Last week, we, we published a feature called how, how Appraisers Value Homes in a Hot Housing Market, which I think is a great piece. It's by um, a freelancer named Robin Friedman. And in it, she really goes into what is the process that they go through because as, as rates are, I mean, as uh, home prices, the final sales price is just rising so fast. How do you keep up? Um, so, so we all know those stories. My own personal story was I talked to a, a realtor I know in the, in Colorado, in the Breckenridge area, and she had a home that was um, going for, gosh, I don't, I don't know, just so far over. And, and that's what we're seeing everywhere. Just, just like in this one, um, one of the appraisals gave an, appraisers gave an example of a, a home that was listed for $370,000. It had four days on the market. It had 202 showings and received wow. 56 offers, 56. Wow. <laughs> Um, and so it actually sold for 107,000 over the asking price, and the original asking price was only 370. So 107 is a huge, you know, uh, growth percentage of that. And you know, so the appraisal came in at 431, which is still crazy. So you know, really digging into how are appraisers figuring out how to do this? How are lenders being, you know, protected by the appraisals? How are how are buyers are reacting to that? It's an ongoing story because we've rarely seen a housing market this hot. Um, where the final sales price is so far over the listing price in so many areas. So this is something we're going to continue to talk about. Um, and I, I think it's a really interesting story. It affects every part of housing. I agree as well, too. I think uh, during the pandemic itself, we've seen a lot of more focus on the appraisal community as well, too. So I'm very interested to read this story. Um, Sarah, are there any other topics this week that you are looking forward to or anything else that we should keep in mind? Absolutely. We have uh, the latest from Logan Motoshami. So he is he's taking on the, the question of when we see GDP growth, uh, growth rising so fast over the last couple of weeks, as we've seen all these other things, why are mortgage rates staying so low? And what, what if we aren't going to see mortgage rates rise in 2021? You know, his, his own projections were that, you know, by this time, and I think that the MBA's projections and most people felt like by this time we would, we would start to see some of those rising rates, you know, not like huge, but 3.25 at least, or, you know, 3.5 heading towards a, maybe by the fall. And now it's like, wow, we're still under three. And so that's a great deep dive that he takes from the economic standpoint. Um, so look for that. We're going to be uh, publishing that in about an hour. What if mortgage rates don't rise this year? What does that mean, and and what should people be taking from that? Um, you have a lot of uh, a lot of interesting takes, and in that you know people are like, oh, is the housing market going to crash? Does this show this? Does this show that? So Logan breaks it all down for us, and and really lays out what he thinks if they don't rise, what that means, and what that means in 2022. So that's one to look for. That's very interesting. I know um, uh, mortgage rates tied directly into home buyer demand, housing affordability, and inventory, which are all topics that we've been talking about for weeks now. So I'm very interested to read that story to see how that may impact those factors as well. 
All right, listeners, thank you for tuning in to another live recording of Monday Morning Cup of Coffee. I hope you guys have a great week. We'll see you back here next Monday. Until then, check out Housing Wire Daily so you don't miss out on this week's coverage. We have a lot of interesting stories coming out as well as interviews this week. Um, I want to thank Sarah once again for joining us this morning. Absolutely. Anytime. All right. Well, thank you. Thanks. Now more than ever, the housing industry is looking to its leaders for answers. That's why each week, the Housing News Podcast invites a new mortgage, fintech, or real estate executive to the show to provide its listeners with more perspective on the announcements and news stories crossing HousingWire's news desk. Hosted by Sarah Wheeler and produced by Alcina Lloyd, the Housing News Podcast is now available on iTunes, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, and more. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode and we'll catch everyone back here again tomorrow.